0: finishing up the Hit Delete series, and I hope you guys have enjoyed it. I hope you guys have deleted stuff. Maybe you're working on stuff right now. Maybe there was, uh, we mentioned, I'm going to go through a list of the stuff we talked about, but we all, don't we, have stuff that negatively impacts our body, spirit, and soul. Right? Front row agrees. How about the rest of you guys? Right? That's me included. That We have stuff that I've struggled with that I'm trying to conquer. And I'm I'm hoping you're gaining some ground and conquering that thing. But here's the one thing that I know, right? We can conquer something and have a little bit of victory and go, yeah, I went 10 days. 10 days not doing that thing that is bad, right? And how many guys hate that 11th day? When, right, when it just kind of comes back and it creeps back and we get stuck in this cycle of trying to do the right thing, but we end up doing the wrong thing. And I wanna wanna, um, do the last teaching of the Keep Deleted, uh, uh, sorry, the Hit Delete series, and how do you keep it deleted? How do you delete something and keep on going day after day, week after week, year after year, not to be perfect or sin-free, but to be, actually, to be free. Who wants to be free? Who wants to get out of the cycle, right? I want to. Here's something that I've been struggling for years. I'm gonna, can I confess? Can, I, can, I conf, can it be confession time right now? Is it okay? I, I'm a smacker. You know what a smacker is? Someone who eats too loud. Because I open my mouth like that. I don't know. There's something about air when it comes in, it just tastes better. Right? Any proud smackers out there? Come on. Where's my. Not many, okay? I was like, oh, okay. I don't know what it is, like my parents, my, my dad's a cook, so he, he just really made really good food, and so I really enjoyed it, and I expressed it through my my eating, so I, I would eat too fast, and so while I'm eating, I'm like, I just, and so I wasn't aware that I was a, sna- a smacker until I started dating my wife, and um, she noticed that I was a smacker, didn't tell me for years in our relationships, I was dating her. I was going to her uh, her parents' house for dinner, right? And I'm like, I'm smacking away, and they're their proper Japanese family that they they don't they, they eat like this. Mouths closed, right? We go, hmm, delicious, you know. And then you know they just do it properly. And so meanwhile, in all these family dinners, here's me. Nom, 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 my girlfriend wife at the time not saying anything until like two years later. She's like, you know, you're a smacker, right? I'm like, what, what do you mean by that? You know you're loud and irritating during dinner, right? <laughs> no. And uh, so for two years, I just remember why like, I can see people laughing at me during dinner, like getting side eyes. They're laughing at me, the smacker. And so I'm totally conscious of it right now, to be honest with you. I go over there, I'm just like, shut your mouth, Tom, eat with your mouth closed, and I just, I just do it, and I, I go good for months, for like, man, I can go like 10 family dinners with like, I'm good, but sometimes it just creeps back, sometimes I'm like, it just, it, the food, especially when the food's good, anybody, and you're like, oh, I don't even care, I'm like, nah, nah. I just start going, and, it, and I don't even notice it, because after I preached this on Friday, I came home, and my wife saw Yeah, you're still a smacker. (laughs) I know that's lighthearted, but on a serious matter, is what's the one thing you tried to get rid of in your life and you just can't get rid of it? Are you just stuck? And I want to give you practical tools today. Uh, This is gonna this uh, this this teaching is gonna be more practical than inspirational. I want to give you practical tools of how do how do you keep it deleted? How do you make sure that it doesn't come back, or maybe if it does come back, then you get back and you're like, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm building. And, and, uh, and in 1 Thessalonians 5, it says this. Now may the Lord of peace make you holy in every way, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. And so here's what we talked about this whole series was um, how to get your whole spirit, soul, and body healthy minus these things and we were giving you the tools to even fill those things with the good stuff, the spiritual stuff, the godly stuff. But the two words that are really important in this verse is, may your whole spirit and uh, body and soul be, be kept. How do you keep it? How, do you, how, how does it be kept blameless? And um, there's another verse in 1 Timothy. You guys might know this. In 4, it says this. Well, here's the answer. How to, how to be kept? Deleted. Train yourself to be godly. Physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better, promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. Now, this is kind of a famous verse, like "Train yourself to be godly." But as I, when I was a kid, I didn't like this verse. You know why? The word "godly." Every time I heard the word "godly," it, I, I looked, I, it looked like the Pope or you know, Pastor Ralph when growing up or someone that was, they conquered life and they conquered sin and they're walking around, they're floating around a little, glowing a little bit, like, oh, I'm godly. You will never come to my level. Oh, And they weren't saying that, but that was my thought because you know what? I just thought to myself, I'm never gonna be sin free. I'm never gonna go, I'm stuck in this cycle. I'm never gonna be godly. I can never reach that level. But studying for this, it was kind of cool. I looked up the word godly or godliness. God, The word godliness, to train to be godly or, or for, for godliness, is this old English word that means godlikeness. Now, I like this word. You know why? Because what it really means is that you're striving to be like God, to have his characteristics, to have the attributes of God, not holy and all that. It's, you know, I mean... I've been, a, I've been a Christian for a long time, and so here's some things I know about God, and I hope you agree with me. Is God loving? Absolutely. My God is faithful. My God is a God of justice, but he also cares, and he died for me. He has a sacrificial, unconditional love for me. He's always been faithful. He's been with me through the tough times. He's been with me, all this, man. And those are the characteristics that I, if I'm training to be godly, well, I'm training to be more loving. I'm training to be more forgiving with people, to be, to be more faithful, to be more wise. Does that make sense to you guys? That, that's To me, that's a little bit more attainable. Like, you know what? I want that stuff. And I, and I want to get rid of the stuff that goes against that. I want to have those characteristics. And I don't want to have these characteristics. I want to give you the list of the stuff that we brought up in this series for, the, for four weeks. Um, and maybe this is some of the stuff that you deal with, but maybe a, a, even outside of this list, there's stuff that you deal with. But we talked about doubt, which I, I believe is okay. As long as you're, you're, you, you wrestle with God, but God is still in your life, all right? But doubt can riddle your mind. We talked about negativity, just negative thoughts. You're just a critical person. You think negatively about people or you think negatively about yourself. We talked about unforgiveness, that you can have people that have done something uh, against you and you're just holding it against them, that they might not even be in your life anymore, but they're still affecting you and that unforgiveness can eat away at your heart and your soul. Can I get an amen, right? Do you guys agree with that? That that unforgiveness can just Man, that person doesn't even know the damage that they're doing because you just can't forgive them anymore. And, and so we're saying, you know what? Get rid of that in your life. We talked about anger, which is related to unforgiveness. We talked about comparison, that in this social media world, we're always going, their life is better than mine. They're prettier. They're better, all that. Do you know everybody posts their best life on social media? You know they got problems too? Just letting you know. But we deal with comparison. Uh, we deal with worry, anxiety, stress. We wake up with, uh, uh, and like that. <laughs> Get rid of that stuff. Even heavier stuff we talked about, addiction. Some of you guys might be dealing with addiction. You're addicted to a vice or something that's just, you know it's it's bad for you. Um, even sexual immorality. Stuff that's going on in this world. We're getting bombarded with all these ideas and thoughts, and maybe that's something that's taking over our lives, that we need to get, get that out of our lives. And, and so here it is. How do you keep that? Well, it says here to train yourself to be godly. So here's two concepts that I want to give you. And before I, before I give it to you, because these are practical concepts, but I want you to understand one thing in my mindset, is I absolutely believe in prayer. Can I get an amen for that? Amen. I believe in prayer. I believe God can cure you of your addiction right now if we pray it over you. Amen? He has that power, and I believe in it. But I also believe that we still need to train, that we still need to have discipline and sacrifice in our lives. That's what training is, right? And you know what the awesome thing about this verse is? It says, if you do the train for godliness, you will have benefits for this life and the next. Anybody love bennies? Benefits? That's why I call benefits, bennies. Anybody live for bennies? Like that extra stuff, you know, like a Happy Meal and you get a toy. (laughs) Benny, woo! I I have three young kids. It's like, ooh, toy, you know? Um, The training is you're going to get benefits. So I believe in both because here's the one thing. When I was a youth pastor, this is why I, I feel strongly about this. There was this kid that was, he was addicted to drugs. And he would come into our service every single week and he would ask for prayer. And there's, I mean, I, I was in some of those prayer sessions, and there were powerful prayers over this kid. And he was, we're praying over him, and like he was getting prophetic words, and the Holy Spirit f- fell, and you could you almost feel the freedom in his life. I'm like, oh, he's finally going to conquer this whole drug thing, right? And then a couple weeks later, he'll be coming back for the same exact prayer. He's still stuck on it. And God will show up and empower you. Like, man, if will be be doing stuff. But here's the one thing I realized is that he wanted God and he wanted the power of God, but he didn't have the discipline to change his life on a day-to-day basis. Does that make sense to you guys? That he would get prayer on a Sunday night, but then he would go back and hang out with the same old friends, with the same old environment, with the same temptations, and he wondered why he didn't change. And I think you got to get both. That's what I believe. Prayer and train, and here's the most praise report. He is grown up, married, has kids, and he is drug free. Praise the Lord! Praise the Lord! Okay, so the prayer worked, but I believe he got some discipline along the way as well. And so, here, what am I talking about? How do we get God like this? I'm going to give you two concepts. If you look at your notes, the first concept is this: make decisions against yourself. Now, I know that I'm going to explain it because on Friday night I said make decisions against yourself, and I got this look from one woman. Huh? What does that mean? Like I don't so here's what I mean, is that you would make a decision today when you're not tempted, when you're in the right mind, when you're like kind of, you just came out of church, you're all feeling good, you're like, yeah, you know, make a decision that's going to help your bad decision self in the future. That makes sense. You're going to do something today to save your future bad self from doing something bad. You're going, to make, you're going to do something. So make a decision against that person, that future person. And, um, and Proverbs 26, 11 puts it real bluntly here. It says this. As a dog returns to its vomit, so a fool repeats his foolishness. That's a pretty blunt verse. You are a fool if... You return, like a dog returns to his vomit, you, you're a fool if you return to the same exact sin. You're stuck in that cycle, that same exact thing, that, that, that habit that you have, and you're stuck in that. You're like a fool. And don't raise your hand. I'm going to raise mine, but I've been a fool. I have returned to my own vomit like a dog. Anybody seen a dog eat its own vomit before? I'm sorry, I know this is church, but I am going to say this because this is what I've seen. I've seen a dog eat its own poop before. I'm like, oh, but I'm thankful for that visual because every time I read Proverbs 26, I don't want to be that dog. I really don't. And it takes wisdom, right? This is a fool. Well, guess what? What's the opposite of that? Well, be wise. And so what I want to give you is some practical wisdom is to make decisions against yourself. Here's one way to do that is, number one, remove temptation. Remove temptation from your life or even the cues of temptation. Just remove it. Just get it out of your, look at it around your house and go, that tempts me, that tempts me. Some of, for some of you guys, just opening your phone is a temptation. Just, oh, and you get sucked in whatever it is, and you're just like, oh, man. And a lot of us, we're just... We, like that kid that we prayed for, we get prayer, but we don't do the practical thing to get that out of our lives. So what what do you need to remove in your life that is tempting you? In Proverbs, here's another fool, right? I like to learn from fools what not to do. Proverbs 7 says this, I saw some naive young men, and one in particular who lacked common sense. He was crossing the street near the house of an immoral woman, strolling down the path of her house. Verse 21, she uh, she seduced him with her pretty speech and enticed him with her flattery. He followed her at once like an ox going to the slaughter. He was like a stag caught in a trap awaiting the arrow that would pierce its heart. He was like a bird flying into a snare, little knowing it would cost him his life. I mean, this is kind of a sad thing. And... You think, oh man, that immoral woman shouldn't be doing it. You know what? That guy shouldn't be doing it. You know why you know why he's considered a fool? Right? Because he a fool places himself amidst temptation where the inevitable end result is sin. That makes sense, you guys? That's that's a fool to go, "Oh, I want I really really want to get rid of my this of my life. I'm going to surround myself with temptation." Yeah. You know, that's a fool. And, you, 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 okay, I'll, I'll go into more depth, right? Okay, so what, what was he doing? He was on the street of the immoral woman. Well, first mistake. You know what street she lives on? Why are you on that street? Okay, and then what, did, what else did he do? He didn't just, he was on the other side of the street. He's all, her house is on the other side. I'm going to cross the street. All of this was on purpose, wasn't it? It wasn't like, by accident, right? It's like, uh, by a- he was like, on the street, he crossed the street, and it says, near her house, he said, it says he strolled down the pathway, right? You know what a stroll is? Um, you know who, who someone who doesn't stroll is Pastor Rob. Ever seen Pastor Rob wa- walk walk? <laughs> ever seen Pastor Rob walk? He's not here, so right he's in California still, thank God. OK, cool. If you're watching online, sorry, Pastor Rob. Pastor Rob walks like this. <laughs> With purpose and mission. I'm going to save some people right now. And that's the way he is. He's, I love it. I love that. He's like, yes, go, Rob, go. I'm like, man, that guy's he's the Energizer Bunny, and he's not going to stop. And I love it, right? You know what strolling is? Strolling is you slow down. You check out some stuff. You breathe the air, right? And here's this fool who has crossed the street, walking, strolling down the pathway, he's like, ah, this nice architecture around here. That's good. Whoa, who are you? Not by accident. And that's a fool. And now, I know this example, you can look at this and go, "Yeah, that, that guy's stupid, but I want to ask you this. Who's your immoral woman? Who's, what's the thing that you struggle with that you've got on the street, you've cross the street, you stroll down the pathway, and you wonder why you struggle. Remove the stuff that you struggle with. You know, you know, what, you know what would make that guy wise? You would say, oh, he shouldn't have crossed the street. I, I think he shouldn't have been on the street in the first place. I think, go take another route on your way to work. Here's another thing that he may, might have done that is even better. Move to another town. Right? like completely remove that thing out of your life. And for some of you guys, you're thinking, oh, that sounds really drastic, Tom. But what was the consequence of what happened to him? It says here, death. It, it would cost him his life. And if your life is on the line, wouldn't you do something drastic? For some of us, and I've had to do this in my own life as well, for some of us, we need to take drastic measures to find victory over the stuff we struggle with. Amen? And we need to take, so that um, uh, remove temptation. Number two is restrict your future choices. That's that's another way to make decisions against yourself, that you would restrict. So so (coughs) what I mean by that is sometimes temptation can't be removed. So for example, if I struggle with overeating, right? Well, you have to eat. You can't go, no food for the rest of my life. That's something you can't remove completely, but you can set restrictions on the options, which means you're limited to choose the right thing. For example, I talked about overeating. So for all of us who want to eat healthy, anybody want to eat healthy? Eat celery, (laughs) rice crackers, quinoa. Quinoa is actually pretty good, right? And we do all that, but what's the key to eating healthy? When you go to the, the supermarket, you, you don't go hungry because if you go hungry, you're going to buy the chocolate-covered Oreos, right? So you, you don't go hungry and you buy the vegetables and the fruits and the rice crackers and all that horrible stuff. And um, <laughs> just telling you, I like my pork fat, come on. Um, and you buy all that stuff. You know why? Because you're restricting your choices for later. You know who you're saving? You're saving your midnight snacking self, right? When midnight hits, and you're like, hmm, I need a snack. I need some chocolate-covered Oreos with with half and half. I'm going (laughs) to That actually sounds pretty good, actually. (laughs) And you open the refrigerator, and you're like, ah, celery, grapes. And that's all you have, and you've limited your options. I know that's a funny example, but here's some practical examples of how to restrict your future choices. Is that if you overspend, make a budget. If you have trouble with spending money, make a budget. Put money in an envelope and say, I can only spend this much money, and when that's gone, I'm not going to spend any else. That's restricting your options. If you deal with porn, block some, some websites. If you deal with comparison, Limit your time on Instagram. I, I heard this story, which is awesome. Uh, this woman struggled with Instagram. And she was like, I, I'm on there for hours, and it sucks me in. I, I deal with comparison. I don't like it. It's, I mean, I want to take a break from it. And so you know what she did? She, she switched her Instagram. She put her Instagram thing all the way kind of in the back, and she put her Bible app in the same exact spot where her Instagram um, app was. Because so every morning, right, ha- Habit. Full habit, I'm gonna wake up, look at Instagram. So she woke up and she f- tried to press the Instagram button and guess what, Bible verse, <laughs> right? It's like, oh, I guess I gotta read the Bible. And it was like, that, how smart is she saved her future self? And so it's stuff like that. Um, the third thing, uh, to make a decision against yourself is to get help, just straight get help, which means involve people in your life that are gonna help you along the way. Uh, do you remember when TVs were super heavy? Like, about 10 years, like, they're not, they're all thin now, but I remember when TVs were huge, and I remember buying a TV on Craigslist, and um, I brought it home, and I was alone, and I was living on the second floor of an apartment in Kailua, and I was like, I literally, I I, I tried, guys, I was like, I'm 5'2", and this TV was, I'm I'm like this, I'm like... And I thought I was going to die. And so I put it back into my car and I was like calling all my friends. I'm like, hey, you got a, you got a moment? You got a, and I just invited, I just called my, my peeps and we got the TV up. And for so many of us, we try to do and, and, and deal with a, a problem or a struggle alone. And I want to say one thing to you guys, just in all seriousness, that isolation and secrecy are the breeding grounds of sin. Don't isolate yourself. Don't keep it secret. Get in the open, get help. And, and what I mean by help is, for some of you guys, it does mean professional help. Like if your marriage is struggling, do something drastic and go get counseling. Go, to some, go get personal counseling. And can I? here's a little side note. Go get counseling, which we actually have on our website if you look at it. Go get Christian counselors. Can I get an amen Hollywood? for that? You know why? Because they're trained in counseling, and they're also hooked up with the Holy Spirit. That's a great combo right there. So that's a little side note. Um, But I'm not just talking about professional. Get good people in your life. That's what Connect Group is all about, that you're hanging around with people that you want to become. You're like, they got good habits because you become, don't you become the people that you hang around with? You do. I mean, you hang around with it, and you just, you start talking alike, and you start doing the same lingo, and you're like, (laughs) and you're like an inside group. And that's, it's a good thing. The opposite of that is maybe some of you guys are hanging around the crowd that you shouldn't, and you're, you're getting on their bad habits. I, I, someone told me this week, just this week, something that he wanted to conquer in his life, and it was kind of cool. We're in a connect group, and he said, um, you know, I've been, I've been trying to get rid, rid of this. I don't want to do it anymore, but there's some people, every time they invite me, I know what we're going to get into. So he told me, and he made this hard choice to go, you know what? I'm not going to hang out with them anymore. Sometimes to save your life, to save your soul, you need to make a tough decision like that. And, and, and I love what James 5, 16 says this. It says, confess your sins to one another, to each other, and pray for each other so that you may be healed. You know what the TomTom version of this, this verse is? Is if you're vulnerable and honest with trustworthy people that you love and that love you, you're going to find freedom and healing from it. That's, that's how I see that verse. It's, it's not confessional, like in a confession, like, I today I have sinned. You know, it's I'm just, I have good brothers and sisters around me that are helping me in what I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with. And so, um, yeah, get help. So, all right, um, here's my second concept that I, I hope it helps you, right? The first one is to make decisions against yourself. The second one is cast votes towards your best self. Cast votes towards your best self. And what do I mean by that? I hope everyone votes here. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Well, three people are making an impact in our, in our world right now. I hope you vote. I hope you vote. Go vote, the next election comes. But what I mean by that is that you would vote for your future best self. That's that person that you wanna be. And um, actually, more, more important than just the person that you want to be, be the person that God wants you to be. Be the person that God created you to be. I want to be that guy. And I'm going to be striving for that for the rest of my life. In Romans 12, it says this. Don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good good and pleasing, and perfect. Wow. Doesn't everybody want that last line? Don't you want to know what God's will for you, which is good, perfect, and pleasing? Doesn't everybody want that? Well, 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 what's the condition? Let God transform your mind, right? And what I mean by casting votes is that every day that you would build a habit, this continual, regular habit, of casting votes for yourself to slowly become someone that you're striving to be, that God has made you to be. So here's an example. Um, I've been casting votes for myself for a while. I'm a surfer, anybody surfs? Yep. <laughs> I love that. Yo, me, I surf. Any surfers? Any surfers out there? Okay, so um, I surf and I've been surfing for 30 years and I love it, but I'm also getting old. I am. And so I don't surf as much as I used to, which I'm married, I have kids. It's like I used to surf three times a week, maybe twice a day. I mean, I used to surf a lot. But now I surf like once a month. That Actually, once a month is pretty good, actually. I would love to surf more than that. And so there was a period in my life where I loved surfing, but I wasn't in shape to go surfing. Like, I, it was a struggle for me. I, I was in, my arms were weak. I was just I didn't have the surfing muscles. And so I remember going to my favorite spot, Crossing Lions, which is about... Uh, uh, right up the street over here, and it's about a half a mile out. It's a it's not a beginner wave, shallow reef, I'm in, and heavy wave. And so I remember uh, it's my favorite wave, but I was out of shape. I was out of surfing shape. So I remember paddling out. It's a half a mile out. My legs, my my arms were just jelly. And so by the time I made it out, I was like, I want to go back in. I'm like, I I'm done. But then I'm like, you know what? <laughs> it's like all my friends would laugh at me. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to power through this. And I was like so out of shape. And I remember sitting on my board because you have to sit on your board waiting for waves. I remember my back hurt. <laughs> I was like sitting on my board. I'm like, I can't even, ah! I was like, "Oh!" And, like my lower back was like, I couldn't even, str- I was like, "Oh!" I was like, I've never felt so old in my life. I'm just like, oh! and crouching lines is a heavy wave. And so you have to get up real quick. And so, you know, if you're real agile and you're a really good surfer, you're just like, boom. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's how I look when I start. Yeah. You know, you just get real quick. So me with a bad back and my arms are jelly, A wave comes. I'm just like, "Ah, ah." and I'm, I'm, I'm getting up like this. I'm pushing up. "Ah, ah." And so by the time I get up on my board, I'm going over the falls like this. I'm stuck in the inside, all whitewashed, and I'm seriously, this went through my mind. I'm quitting surfing. I'm never coming back to this break again. I'm like, I'm never going in the water. I mean, I was like, I'm done. I don't want to ever do this again. And I came home back to my senses and I made a decision. I I had a vision of my future self. I want to rip crouching lions. I, I want to I handle paddling out there, catching the waves. I want to get back into when I was young. I want to just get back into surfing shape. I had a vision of who I wanted to be, the ripping, crouching lion's tom. That was it. And that's my first point, is how do you cast the vote? I was, cast votes for yourself? Is that you would, first of all, visualize your best self. Visualize who you want to be. If we are training to be godly, for godliness to be godlike, to be Jesus-like? Well, what's your vision? You want to be more loving? Yeah, because you're kind of grumpy? Do you want to be a better husband or a better wife? You want a better marriage? Visualize that. Do you want to be a better parent? Do you find yourself yelling at your kids all the time and just being grumpy? And not spending time with them and working too much? Visualize, okay, who... When you have those godly characters that you, you read about God and you want to have those characters, imagine yourself with those characters and what does that look like? And then I'm going to say this, cast a vote towards that person. So here's what I did. When I got home, I decided I'm going to be the ripping, crouching lions Tom in the future. So I did at least three or five times a week. I started doing push-ups. You know why? Because push-ups, you have to like do this on a surfboard. You have to go like this. I'm all, oh, I'm going to build that muscle. You know, and I was building like paddling. I was doing paddling exercises. I was doing squats so I can get up fast. I was like, yeah, crouching lions. I'm going to get up fast. Yeah. whoo, And I was just like, I was working. I literally, and guys, I don't work out for half an hour. I work out for five minutes. <laughs> but here's the thing. I did it a lot. Does that make sense? I didn't work out for like an hour. I worked out for two minutes. Yep, I did it. Whoo, You know? And I I, I worked out. And here's the thing. I went, I started Crouching Lions this week. Dude, I was ripping. (laughs) Ask Matt Park. I was serving with Matt Park. He was was singing over here. Ask him. Oh, was Tom ripping? He go, yep. (laughs) I was paddling. I paddled out. I was catching the waves fast. And guess, guys, it was big. It was over my head. It was... Not much. I know. It's, that doesn't take much, Tommy. Yeah, you're right. OK. Um, and I, you know what? And what I did, doing push-ups, doing squats, working out, I was like, I was casting votes for myself. Does That makes sense? You would cast votes every single day. And so that's actually my second point is, OK, first one, visualize your best self. What does that look like? Number two is cast votes every single day. Do it on a regular basis. Why is that important? Then doing it once a while. Imagine if I just, I'll do a push-up once a month. What, what, what good would that do for my surfing? It wouldn't have done any good at all. And so what I'm, I'm saying to you guys is, is that you would do it every day. And you know what the, the power of that is? Is consistency. Is on a regular basis, you're becoming who God had designed you to be, and you're doing it on a regular basis, that you're casting votes every single day, that you're showing up and you go, I want to be that guy. And and what's, I'm going to give you three easy ways, and we've preached this before, and you've heard this in church all the time, but I'm telling you, this is the best way to cast votes towards becoming godly. It's number one is pray. Just pray every single day. And what do I mean by that? Let me make it more simple. Talk to God. I think for so many of us, including myself, when I hear the word prayer, I think of my mom. My mom is a prayer warrior. She'll wake up at four o'clock in the morning and pray till two o'clock in the afternoon. It's like, that was a good time with Jesus. That's my mom. She's a good prayer warrior. Let's get my mom that. <laughs> I know, she's embarrassed now but I don't have time to be like my mom, right? And so I always thought that's what prayer is. You know what prayer is? Just waking up. And here's, a, here's some really good advice. If You want to start a good prayer life? Here's one thing you can do every single week this week. Just wake up and say, good morning, Lord. Guess what? Prayer time over. <laughs> and you're thinking, what good will that do? Imagine if you did it every day this week. Imagine if you did it every day this month. Imagine if you did that every day till the end of the year. Just said, good morning, Lord. I'm acknowledging you right now. And you're my God. And I'm going to give you this day. Uh, what is that one scripture? This is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad and rejoice in it. Just say that. And your job is to make it easy for yourself. Right? I'm going to add one, another thing. Here, I'm just, I'm, here's your prayer life. Here's tomorrow morning, wake up. Good morning, Lord. Thank you for blank. That's a good prayer right there, isn't it? Good morning, God. You're good. You've made this day. You rose the sun. Thank you for my house and my children and my wife. As simple as that, that could be your talk with God. Number, a second thing you can do is read the word of God. Just read, just, right? Psalm um, 1 says this, but his delight in, in the law, this is the amplified version, but his delight in the law of the Lord and his law, his precepts and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in, in each season. Its season. Its leaf does not wither and is, uh, in whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. And so here's the, the wise man. He's habitually meditating on the word of God. And imagine if you did that every single day. You know what I love? Anybody go on the YouVersion Bible app, right? You know, here's another thing that I thought, oh, to be a good Christian, you gotta read a whole book of the Bible every single day. You gotta read a couple chapters. You know what? Imagine if you just read the verse of the day every single day and you had the word of God, just boom, right there, then and there. Because actually that's my third point is set yourself up for success, which means this, make it easy for yourself. Remember what I said about making decisions against yourself? The whole idea is make it difficult and hard to do the thing that you don't want to do, right? So you remove it and you restrict it. You make it hard for you to do the thing that you don't want to do. Well, the opposite when you cast a vote is make it super, super easy to do the things that you want to do. Does that make sense? Just make it it easy. Pray, good morning, Lord. Go on your app, boom. I mean, back in the day when we had to read pages, it was hard. I got to pull the Bible off the shelf. Wipe the dust off. Find the Bible verse. You know, now it can just go like this. Boom. Use technology for your advantage to get into the word of God. Um, And then the third thing, so I said, you know what? Here's how you can cast a vote for yourself every single day, right? Talk to God. Read the Bible verse. And surrender yourself to God. Just say this then. Lord, whatever that Bible verse said, I'm going to surrender myself to it. I'm gonna try and make myself better. Super easy, guys. And that's how that third set yourself up for success is if you make it easy and you do it on a regular basis, guess what you're gonna build? You're gonna build a habit. And it's gonna, and over time, it's gonna make a huge difference. Don't you guys think? If you did those three things every single day for the rest of the year, don't you think you'd be a different person? Actually, I want to make a promise if you do that every single day. You will be a different person because God will change you. And you're, you're training for godliness. Um, here's, here's two things. I know this sounds really, really stupid. I, I'm almost done. Um, here's two things I count um, for the success of my devotional life. This is absolutely the one, the two things I think have transformed my, my devotional life, my talking to God, reading the word. One is coffee. <laughs> coffee. Anybody addicted to coffee? Not a bad thing, by the way. <laughs> we could get away with that addiction. It's okay. You know why coffee transformed my life? Because it's, a su- it's the one thing that I have to do every single day. And so what I did was every time I drink coffee, I read the word and I pray, which means I have to drink coffee, which means I have to pray and I have to read the Bible. And I've just, over time, does that make sense, guys? That you just tie it to something, like someone said on Friday night, brush your teeth. Well, guess what? Brush your teeth and pray. Jesus, I love you. Just whatever you do in the morning, every single day that you have to do, tie a spiritual thing to it. Coffee has transformed my, my, my life, to be honest, that's awesome. In more, more ways than one. Um, here's the other thing that has helped me. Um, here's one thing I visualized maybe about six or seven years ago. I, I used to be a big-time journaler. Like, I used to write all the time, just write my thoughts, what God was talking to me. I stopped for a long time. And so I, I, um, I, just, I just told myself, I visualized, I want to be a, someone who journals. That's what I just told myself. I want to be someone who journals, but for some reason, I start journaling, and I stop journaling, and I don't do it, and I just get, it gets inconsistent, and I, so um, then I discovered one thing. Anybody know what field notes are? Okay, nobody in the room. Okay, I'm alone. It's these little notebooks that you buy, and they're kind of cool looking, and they're just like, they change it up a little bit, and so... I'm just a weird guy that it was just something that motivated me. Like, hey, I can write it. if it's in my pocket. It's kind of cool. I can bring it to church. I'm like, I can, it's, it's always available. And it was just something that I like, I can write in. And, and so I just, it motivated me because it was something that was cool and exciting. And, and but you know what? I journal, I journal. I've been journaling for the last six, seven years now. It's a habit of mine. And I still write on a field notes but it's not the field notes that matter anymore. It's the fact that I have this habit of journaling in my life. Does that make sense to you guys? That there's certain things like, hey, help yourself to do the right thing, to do what God is, to train for godliness. And, and here's the thing I want to end with because I think this is the most important thing. Why do you need to do this? Because you will be tempted. Because temptation will come you're not in a temptation-free world now. You can do all this stuff and you can still have a bad day. Anybody have a bad day? Paul's on all the time. Anybody have a day where everything goes wrong and you want to go back to that old thing that you used to do? And now there's nothing going to stop you because you're just like, ah. Right? I believe this. That you're training for godliness on a regular basis, when you cast votes for yourself all the time. I think that's gonna help you. When, when the rubber meets the road, when that day comes, that temptation comes, I think you're gonna stand strong. I think you're gonna stand against me. You have a decision to make. I think it's gonna be easier to make that decision. In, in 1 Corinthians 16, here's Paul. Here's a last, his last words to the Corinthian church in the first letter. He says, Be on guard. Stand firm in, in the faith, be courageous, be strong. And I believe this, that this kind of, this stuff, being on guard, standing firm, being courageous, be strong, it's activated when we're tested because we have to be, right? When that thing hits, we, th- th- we have to be like that because in First Peter 5 it says this, it says, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And we have to be ready for that, to stand strong, to stand firm. Here's one part of the story on Thursday when I went to surf Crouching Lions. Here's one part of the story I didn't tell you. So I was surfing with Matt Park, leading worship with you guys. I'm right next to him and then I hear him go, ho! I'm like, wait, what? It's all, I just saw a shark. Not too far away, by the way. It's all, I think it's a big one, right? And I know that's kind of scary and you're like, ah! We're still still here, by the way, we're good. Um, I was thanking the Lord that I did those extra push-ups. And I know that what I'm saying is, Your daily going into the word of God is gonna count when it really matters, amen? It's gonna count when it really matters. When when the rubber meets the road and you need to make a decision and you need to stand firm and be courageous, it's gonna happen in that moment. And uh, I love C.S. Lewis's quote, it says this, courage is not simply one of the virtues, but the form of every virtue at its testing point. Train yourself to be godly. Cast votes for yourself. And I'm going to be firmly confident if you do that, you're going to keep those things out of your life. You're not going to be perfect. No one's perfect. But I believe you're going to grow and mature in the Lord, and you're going to find victory. Amen? Amen. Let's bow our heads and pray. As you close your eyes, I want to give you a couple challenges. Just just ponder on God right now. I want to give you a couple of challenges. Number one is, what's, this, what's, one dis, what's one decision you can make against yourself this week? Whether it's removing temptation or restricting some choices or some getting some help, what's one decision you can make against yourself this week? And then my second thing I want you to ponder is, what's one vote you can cast for yourself every day this week? It could be as simple as what I just said. You know what, commit every single day, waking up and saying, good morning, Lord. Good morning, God. Let's do this. I'm with you, you're with me. Simple as that. Lord Jesus, I pray for every single person here that they would take up that challenge because I feel like we're gonna have a lot of more mature, stronger, courageous, standing firm in the faith kind of people in this church if we just commit to, to doing that every single day, casting votes to the person that you have created us and designed us to be, I pray for that, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name, with all eyes closed and head bowed, I just want to give an opportunity for anyone here to declare Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. I want to give you an opportunity to tell him, Jesus, I believe in you. Why? because you died on the cross for me. Because dying on the cross, you forgave my sins and you gave me a brand new life and you did it for me. Jesus loves you so much that he sacrificed his own life so that you could have life. And the only thing he asks from you is to acknowledge that he did it. And then because of that, to give him your life. And that's what I wanna lead you in today. Maybe this is a first time prayer, Or maybe you've said a prayer like this before, kind of fell away a little bit, and that's why you're back in church and you wanna rededicate your life to Jesus. So maybe this is a first time dedication to Jesus, or maybe this is a rededication. Either way, I wanna invite you to pray with me. I'm gonna say some words, but I want you to hitchhike off of my words and say it to Jesus himself. But can you do me a favor before we do that? Can you tell me that you wanna pray with me? Can you raise your hand right now? Does anybody wanna do that? Either first-time commitment. I guess I see one over there. I see one over there. Anybody first-time commitment? I see another one over there. Awesome. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody? Do I see one? Do I see anybody else? Anybody else want to pray that? Okay. All right. Put your hands down. Just hitchhike off of my words. Like I said, just say this prayer to Jesus Himself. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe what you did on the cross for me. You died for me. So I give you my life. Because you died, I'm forgiven. Because you died, I'm a new creation. I'm brand new. That sin, not in my life anymore. It's not counted against me anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I believe that you rose again from the grave three days later, and you conquered sin, and you conquered death in my life. That when I pass from this earth, I get to be with you in heaven forever, eternity. I thank you for that as well. But with all of that, because you gave your life, I give you my life. You are my Lord and my Savior and my friend, I thank you in Jesus' precious name. We all pray. Amen. Hey, let's give those people a hand. Yeah. Hey, congratulations. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna in all seriousness, that was the best thing that happened all service long was you giving your life to Jesus. I want to encourage you to grab the Connect card, and on the back it says, I said yes to Jesus. Mark that off. We want to contact you. We want to make sure that you are on a good journey with Jesus Christ. But uh, let's give those people another hand. Come on.